Hey everyone, this is Dave Scott Live. I'm Scott. And we're here to review Bollywood TV and movies. And uh, Morale, what are we talking about today? Well, we got two movies. Uh, one is a movie called State of Siege. The Temple Attack it is a new movie directed by Ken Ghosh that just dropped on Z5 USA. We're going to review that one. And then there is a new movie that just released on Hotstar called, what's it called? Collar Bomb. Collar Bomb. So we're going to talk about these two movies. We will review them for you. And then, of course, the Shoranoki Kahani fandom is here talking about how the Indian household treats their daughter-in-laws badly. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. About what they said <laughs> in their discussion this week. I know when I'll be logging off. All right, so you're the daughter-in-law, is it? <laughs> I just that's I'm just gonna stay away from that as far as I can. All right, so moving on, State of Siege it was on Z5. It just it like it literally just dropped, right? Like yesterday, literally yesterday. But you, we were lucky to get a preview, of course, from the and well, the story of a real terrorist attack which happened on a temple called Akshardham in Gandhinagar. This happened in 2002 in Gujarat. Mm -hmm. And uh, this story actually takes a very narrow view of the attack. It just approaches the attack from the uh, the uh, the viewpoint of the NSG commandos that went in there to get the hostages out. So there were a lot of people that died. Almost thirty three people died in this attack, but there were so many that were held hostage, including a large number of children. Um, and basically, uh, is a story of the commando, the main commando who actually went there inside and. And, and really did the job of getting all the four um, the tourists inside uh, who were who were who were literally suicide bombing these people. Um, he, he he killed them just in time um, to save these people. So uh, actually, I I liked the movie. I liked the movie in parts. Um, I, I think I think technically it was it was really good. It was as good as any Hollywood movie would be. 110 minutes it's engaging it's like it's packaged really well it's a ken gauche so you know he's he's he, he his movies are always packaged well and and you know the writers have have literally only dealt with one aspect of it the role of the national security guards as i said so where i where i really liked it was okay so so there's a real congruence of the, the the pace and and the music and the and the lighting and the camera work beautifully put together and it's a real action thriller to, to that effect but what i really missed in a hostage crisis um you know if, if you've if you've uh, watched bombay uh, hotel hotel bombay you know or you you've watched any of the other movies like uh argo you know there's so many hostage crisis movies or inside man there's always this human element that you know you 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 feel for the hostages. You make a connect with one of the hostages or two of them, and then you kind of start you you watch the movie or or you kind of live the movie through that hostage's story. Right. A few of them, right? In right. every hostage movie, that is the that is the angle that most hostage movies take. Over here, there's nothing. I mean, you don't feel emotionally for any of the hostages. And Wait, what? Yeah. Really? 
Exactly. There was no emotional connect with any hostage, for that matter. And the movie did not take time to develop that hostage connect, that connect with any other hostages. So no emotional connect with just any hostage. So I thought that was missing from it. You know, from that point of view, I thought that emotional con- connect would have really done the movie good. It would, mm. would have really made this movie a little more livable. But I think what they were literally doing was that it, this could have been very well be a documentary <laughs> being done. You know, it, it was like clinically done. So clinically that it left all the emotion out. Okay, so can I ask you a, a question or two about this? Sure, go ahead. All right, so you're telling, you're saying that there's there was little to no emotional connection with the hostages and it could be, it could almost be documentarian or it could be a documentary. So was this a, was this a, a, a lionization of the police uh, or the military or whoever was, was it a, was it a heroic, did the, uh, the hero, did they make it out to be the, the grand hero? I mean, uh, or was it, did they sympathize? doesn't sound like they sympathized with the, with the hostage takers. So this was all, was this all about the, the actions taken by the police or the military? Yeah, it was all about the NSG and how the NSG. NSG commandos walked in there and literally saved so many lives, uh, you know, being so brave. Mm. But but also, uh, you know, it, it was, it showed a little bit of their personal lives as well. They they tried to, they tried to show, showcase how they're balancing their own fears in their own personal lives and one of the one of okay. the commanders had had a wife who just delivered a baby had to leave her like delivering a baby to go save all these hostages the right. other commando had just been with the same group of terrorists and had been shot his all the his entire team had been shot so he had a point to prove in coming back and trying to save these hostages so they had a backstory for the commandos they didn't have backstories for the hostages where in, in this situation you're you're kind of looking for okay who, which victim do i connect with yeah right 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 which victim do i want, want them to say first right as as, a, as an audience so um yeah you know that's where i, I kind of got lost i, I it, i'm not saying this as a as an insult i'm just saying this as an observation but it does sound like a very right-wing approach to the event yeah, I was like a yeah, I was like a flag. It's like right, all right, right. energy, you go yeah. right. And- this is this is your movie. Take it home. This is an ode to all the pain and suffering that you've taken on yeah. of the people of right. India. And this is your movie. This is dedicated to all the bravery that you bring to the country or whatever. Which is perfectly fine, right? Anyone who does that job deserves that kind of recognition. But there, it's a triangle, right? Those those situations are always a triangle. And to ignore the two parts of that triangle is a bit, I don't know, right? It's just, totally. so what, so what'd you think? Like overall, would you say thumbs up, thumbs down? Would you give it out of 10? Well, How would you, you know, you want to watch it for the finesse of movie making. It's a great movie made. I mean, it's, it's a well-packaged movie. And um, for, for, I mean, we gave it a seven out of 10. You can, you can read the review on our website, they see live and you can go on a social Twitter, they see live. Or on our Instagram, Daisy's Life Gram, and you can literally read the review as we as as we've spoken. Um, and you know, but if you finding you trying to find an Argo here, or finding an Inside Man here, or any or any of the other movies that have an element of uh, of hostage situation, you're not going to find that emotional connect drama hmm. here happening at all. Okay, that's fair. I got one more question for you before we sure. take it out. Um, 
So you've mentioned Inside Man and Argo, two films. I I loved both of those. Uh, it's that's my favorite movie of Spike Lee's Inside Man. I just love that movie. Um, was there a was, it, both of them have a twist, right? There's like the the special like there's the trickery in Argo of getting them out, having them be the Canadian journalists. Inside Man, that's a very complicated. I don't even want to get into it, but it's very complicated. All right, so uh, I should say elaborate. It's a very elaborate. Is there anything like that in in um, in State of Siege? Any sort of there, twist there or an there is an angle, though I thought it should have been over dramatized a little bit. It wasn't really, you know, you know, you get your you get hearts pumping up. That didn't right. happen. Huh. So they didn't waste a lot of time in the over dramatization of twists and turns here as well. Mm -hmm. They were more focused on getting the NSG on its way, but NSG was literally, you know, they were they were failing. These guys were really succeeding because they had a heads up on intelligence, they had had a heads up on everything. So, so literally, they were they 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 had it all till the last minute. Hmm. So the the crescendo really happened at the last minute. So huh. I, I think I think uh, I would have loved for the twist to be over dramatized a little bit more, but it didn't happen. It happened that way. Okay. So uh, what are we going to listen to on our way out? We are going to listen to what I have for you today is this song that is very peppy. Since we just did Peppy, a I love Peppy. Situation. Both the movies today are actually hostage situations. By the way, yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> Went on. Both dropped on the same day or a day day within each other. Yo, this is Tasher. You are now tuned in to Daisy's Dot Live. Let's go. Like Matai, like Matai, like Kulfi, Rasmalai, Pistabat, Jack and 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 now, Moral, if I'm if I understand correctly, you you had a lot going on. You have a lot going on this weekend, so you only saw about half of it. Is that correct? Yeah, we saw. I saw half of it. Yes. Okay. Why don't you Why don't you give the premise, and I'll give and I'll start with my review. I do want to hear what you thought about the beginning, but what's the basic well, gist? Well, the gist is about you know this uh, uh, this police officer, a local hero, taking his son to um, to a school in in Manali called Saint George's, a very reputable school. And while he's at the school at a function commemorating somebody's death, anniversary or death, um, the, there is a suicide bomber that enters the school with a bomb around his body. And he decides to, he, he tries, he, he threatens to blow up the school and the bomb. And that's uh, where we were, basically. The, then the cop gets a mission from the suicide bomber of doing certain things if he wants to save the hostages which are really children. So that's uh, the gist. Yeah, it, that's a good encapsulation. The one thing I would add to that is that they, they gamify. And, and you see this in movies and TV, and I, I, don't, I don't know if this really happens in the real world. I don't, I don't follow this sort of thing in, in the real world, but do, do people who have bombs placed everywhere like speed. Remember the movie Speed back in the day? You couldn't drop the speed of the bus below 55 or it was 55 miles an hour. It was going to blow up. And I've seen TV shows. I remember TV shows as a kid where you had to do A, B, and C. 
you had to like basically check off little boxes, like almost like a road rally. Otherwise, we were going to kill the hostage or we're going to blow up this thing. Like, does that happen in real life? Because that was a part of this, right? They gamified the whole rescue of the hostages. Do you remember that with the codes that had to be entered? Um, so fairly common storytelling device. Which, which, which uh, person who's willing to die like this has had the intelligence to first gamify his death? Like exactly. That? It, right. It, it, it is. I mean, who takes the time to first gamify the death and say, let's play this game before yeah. I blow myself up? <laughs> right. I've got all these explosives Good strapped idea. to my body. Good idea. I want to play, play Pokemon Go before I <laughs> blow up, blow myself up. Yeah, the, the game the game thing is that four codes or three codes, there, there are like these dots on the neck. That's why it's called collar bomb, I think. And there are these dots, these red and green dots lit up on, on, the, on the suicide bomber's neck. And um, if they're red, that means a code needs to be entered to turn that to green. And when the four dots turn green, then the bomb is disabled. Otherwise it'll, you know, and you have X amount of minutes. I think it's an hour. Every time a code is entered there, then it resets the clock. And so we have the, the structure that where the, the hero has to go and, and solve these, he's being, he's being manipulated by someone on the phone. They've given him a phone. The bomber has given him a phone and a, and a Bluetooth earpiece and he has to go do these things. And, um, as one might imagine, there's a lot more. To, the, the first question is, why exactly was this guy chosen? I mean, he's a hero. He's a hero. And so there's, there's that. But is that like, why would you want the hero to, to solve the, the crimes? There's that like that. There's got to be more to it. And of course, there is. And really, it's the hero needs to start uncovering the truth about himself by by solving these little mini games, these little mini situations, he can't help but make public the truth about what happened in the very, uh, the person that they're commemorating that you mentioned uh, in the introduction, in the premise, that young woman who dies, we find out more about his role in that, in that previous thing. And, you know, on paper, I guess from the way we described it, it sounds like it could be kind of cool, but I, I just really, <laughs> I was, I was extremely glad that it was an hour and 27 minutes because if it had been, and last week we talked about this, we talked about the two and a half hour movie. I just don't have patience for it unless it's Gangs of Wasipur, something like that. I'll, if it's a, if it's an amazing movie, I'll watch a four hour, I'll watch it for four hours. I'll, I'll watch a five-hour movie if it's amazing, but um, a two and a, a not very good two and a half-hour movie. Ugh, no, that's painful. A not very good hour and a half. I can sit through that because it moved right. It, there was no. So that's one thing I would say to its credit. Uh, the movie kept going, and some of the scenes didn't really follow logically. They didn't always make sense, or the, sometimes you had to. Sometimes there was a jump and you had to wait to figure it out. And I, I just, there was something about this movie and it's hard for me to verbalize, but there was something about this movie that just felt unfinished. It just felt slapped together. And I know I just said it was an hour and a half and I liked it being short, but um, I don't know. The, the story went in a nice tight circle. You know, it, it, it all the, the, uh, the main story resolved itself nicely. 
and yet to get there, we had these little, these little scenes didn't always make sense. And I think another problem I had with it was, um, some of, some of the scenes were overacted. So by, by overacted by Jimmy Sherrill? No, 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 no. He was actually, he was, he was good. He was, he's a very, you know, he's a very controlled, very cool guy. Um, I, I think he'd be much better looking without the mustache, but he, he, he was a very, he was, he was pretty cool, but the, the side characters that he would run across, like there was this one scene where, um, oh, and that's, this is, this gets on the last point I was going to make, but the, the mother in this scene has to kill the father of this little, of this young boy. Why? And the, the mother, and the mother, she, yeah, Matthew, right. And the mother gets, like, I understand in real life, this would be like a devastating thing. But a, after a certain point in a movie, it's like, okay. I think she was really going for the melodrama. She was really going for the, I've, I'm so horrified at this terrible situation. Oh my God. It's like when someone gets the crap beat out of them in a movie, I like, I dislike two things. I like when they don't have any resemblance at all. There's no scars. There's no black eye. There's no blood. There's no nothing. And I hate it when they look realistic, super realistic for like the next eight scenes. It's just like, oh, that's awful. Like somewhere in the middle is about right. And I think Matthew's mom could have played this scene somewhere in the middle and we still would have gotten the point. But that leads to my last and my final thing about the movie that I... I <sighs> Suicide Bomber in a church full of children. And man, it's a, it's a, you don't, you don't hurt kids, right? You don't hurt kids. That's just like an unwritten rule. You can threaten to hurt kids, but, and I, I, I shot out of my chair. A little, a girl got thrown out of the, of a window in the church and like they, she didn't die, but she almost died. I mean, you know, there was blood and she could have split her head open and it was, it was terrible. She got thrown out the, the first, you know, the first story of it. And I thought they didn't, they, did they really just almost kill a kid like that? That surprised me. Um, but I, I, I felt, I felt the connections between the scenes were, um, were incomplete. And I, even though the story did resolve itself, it just felt like some tension was missing. And when that is the critique, very often it's hard to quite pinpoint why. So I just have to say that I had a, I had a, there was this feeling as I'm watching the movie going, this isn't, this doesn't flow. This doesn't flow like I would like it to. So um, that's my biggest complaint. I didn't hate the movie. I enjoyed the gamification of it. I enjoyed the sort of the tension that was, you know, and every time he put in the code and the light went from red to green, you know, I, I breathed a little more easily. <sighs> okay. You know, so that was satisfying. And then there was a little twist at the end, which was kind of cool. And I'm not going to give anything away. The, the twist at the end did make it breathe a little life into the story. Um, and we had a, we had a, you know, we had a, we had a we had a bad guy introduced toward the end. We had two bad guys actually introduced toward the end. Um, so all the elements were there for this to be a better movie than it was. Um, the execution was, I think, where it lacked a little bit. But um, not a horrible movie. Certainly not a not a great one. Um, I would say some of the some of the performances were a bit overkill. 
and some of the story, some of the storyline was a bit, I don't know. So go, no go. Oh God. If you're really into like hostage, like if you want to have hostage movie weekend, sure. Have at it. If you really like Mr. Shergill, go for it. Um, I, I, I just probably not. I, I would not, I would not recommend this movie unless I knew a friend was really into these kinds of movies. So yeah, I'd, I'd say probably not. Great, fantastic. Hi, I'm Ricky Pond, and you're watching me on Daisies.Live. Daisies.Live, this is Scott. I'm back, and I just reviewed Collar Bomb. Not a, not a fan. Didn't hate it, but uh, it wasn't, wasn't the best film. Um, we, did, we did two hostage movies in a day. Come on. I know. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it. yeah. Hostage movies are, I, I don't know. You, <laughs> this, they, they're very difficult to pull off because really it all, it always comes down to one point, right? Is it, is it going to work or not? Are they going to, are they going to barge in? Is there going to be some trickery something? And, it, and well, you know. Well, uh, well, well. It's, Having said that, third segment and last segment <laughs> of our show is always Sharinoki Kahani, and the Phantom was here earlier today. They spoke about the archaic system of how our Indian society treats daughter-in-laws and how the Indian daughter-in-law is supposed to be suddenly the homemaker, the mother, everything to the to, to their beloved son. So they have some expectations of change from their in-laws and we spoke about how the society should now finally change itself and they they want to see the change so have a, have a peek into what they had to say it, it was actually a very interesting conversation so see i think uh, indian in-laws are kind of like a game of russian roulette you never know what uh how card you're being dealt with i mean to be honest, like uh, it is actually a genuine fear. Even if whether you're getting like married from a love in a love marriage or a arranged marriage situation, you're never too sure how your future, or, you know, how your uh, family life is going to turn out to be. Even if your husband is very supportive, you know, in-laws also play a huge part. So the problem or the crux of the issue is. It's like you're entering someone else's home and you are expected to abide by their rules. But I think uh, marriage shouldn't be a set of rules. Uh, you know, not a, not any house should not have a set of rules. So the thing is, like, there I think people are scared of changes. In-laws or older people in general are very scared of change. So if they think that if a new person is coming into their life, especially a daughter-in-law, she'll have uh, she'll disrupt the you know set pattern. She'll question everything. So maybe that is a fear or apprehension that they have. But I'm trying to even a fear in the first place. Where yeah. is this insecurity stemming from? Yeah. And, and so insecurity more with the mother-in-law than with exactly. where is this insecurity coming from? Is she gonna change my son? Is she gonna bring change? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know where this is stemming from in the first place, but both of you yeah. are ready are on the anvil of getting married and you're you're almost there. And do you feel that, you know, are you going to change yourself? No, not really. So the, that, that's what I'm saying. People, the thing is, I don't want to be my husband's mother. 
so i don't want to mummy him i don't want to cook him his favorite food i mean he already has that person in his life so you know i so see that's the thing we have this expectation that the bahu is the uh, second mummy to your son so don't have that expectation she's her is partner not a mother so don't like she'll take care of him why i mean he can take care of himself and you know i can take care of myself we are equal partners in that sense so that is the thing we should like look at marriage as an institution like that you know it's a match between two equal here they are expecting you know bahu to take care of everything of the house or you know do all household chores so this expectation that a, you know ideal role coming i mean of yes. course you know that's traditionally what bahus used to do but in this day and age why are we still carrying the role into yeah. lives why is a bahu supposed to come and cook everything like right now anoki is supposed to cook why did who yeah. cooked their food before anoki married into that house what the hell i mean it's so funny that all of a sudden being a bahu she's got to do all the housework and that's her job that's a, that's a yeah. job for bahu since when has bahu become equivalent to maid don't they have money yeah. to be maid don't they have maid aren't they rich enough to have have servants in the house it's not even about having a maid see the thing is the only if a criteria for having a being a good bahu is only your cooking skill and a, your uh, you know cleaning skills then why have a bahu just have a maid so your nature your intelligence does that count for nothing when it comes to you know being a good daughter in law your caring nature your you know your love and your affection for the family i don't if it doesn't count for anything i would rather be i will like okay you hire a maid i'll be off i don't need this thing so that is the thing i think you need like people need to understand see if you are getting a daughter in law in your home treat her as a daughter they she'll reward she'll give the affection 10 times you know 10 fold more every women or every person who showed an affection will try to uh you know be uh, as much affectionate as they can and also the mindset like if i am getting married my mother i'm just giving an example my mother will you know give me the, the advice that anuki's mother also gave her they don't try to adjust in a new household i mean why why should the uh, owners be just upon the daughter in law who you know who's entering the house to adjust why can't you know the family and the mother in law can also start adjusting a bit you know let loose let you know you a compromise it's a adjustment between both the families it takes time it's not uh, it's not like it's instant it takes time it, it's an organic pro- process you have to give it a time but you, you can't expect her to be you know a maid and you know cook everything clean everything that's not what marriage is about anymore i that's what i feel and i know i can be wrong and you know can be because i'm coming from a privileged position as i mentioned as i accept that you know i don't face this dilemma or this you know fear or apprehension that the other girls my age or other background might feel i'm not denying that it doesn't happen but that's what i that's saying maybe in a uh, in coming years and with changing perception on television it can help like if see for example asta as your mother in law i mean we have two mother in law in the show asta one is asta and the other is devi so we can show the contrast and show ki who no who is a better mother in law from the perspective of a daughter in law and a daughter son like if 
it's being shown that you know shora is losing respect for for devi because of her behavior other people around them are, are losing their respect because of how they're treating anoki and like you know showing them the mirror that what you're doing is wrong you know it might make an impact on society and you know influence the viewer, view, uh, viewers of the show that you know this is this is what you can say social ostracization social uh, boycott or something like that so it could impact a mind if you show it positively so i do i see uh, this show has a great potential of doing that you know shan and aastha perfect contrast to page and uh daily but it needs to be highlighted more I, right now i'm not seeing shan and aastha being that you know uh, shield and you know showing that contrast and showing that mirror to page and devi they are not a great adversaries to them right now it's only anoki fighting a battles why i mean i mean yeah it can be shown that you know shan and aastha are taking a stand for the daughter in law it can be a great message for everyone okay what i believe is uh, you know like manushi the other aspect of this entire thing is the power struggle of course you know it, you know the house is being run in a certain way a new member comes in and she has a different point of view and then then the the present people in in the home look at look at that person as an outlier right so how do you how do you balance that power struggle and, and you can you can you can actually define it in terms of you know what's the solution to the power struggle how do how how does that kind of work in terms of especially in joint families because in india specifically joint families like this work i mean okay. that, that's that's how families live but but if it were nuclear family then this is not this is not something that would come up so much at all you know these are not issues that you know these are not issues we even speak about in nuclear families especially here because hey you get married you go live wherever then you fi- figure out how you're going to run the household because that's so secondary to your your work everything is defined around where you're working how your lifestyle is going to be around your work and ultimately the duties of the home fall in line with how your work schedules are literally uh, it's nothing to do with who's a mother in law who's a daughter in law or or who the power person in the in the home is because all your daily struggles are kind of a kind of whoever is the one in the family who could do it literally so nobody thinks about about gender roles at that point in time whoever is free will will take care of the kids kind of things so in that kind of an atmosphere all all these discussions don't come in i mean sometimes they do because maybe maybe men are brought up not to not to think about it that way but a lot of times you know uh, a lot of times you see women uh, men men take the responsibility in in our societies um then of course men change they see that there'll be you know the other communities around them men do not have handcuffs around doing that job so men transform from coming from india they trans- transform themselves into being those men because they see that the other men don't have an issue doing it so you see you you become what you see is a very important aspect of change as well and in india i think that will be a bigger uh, you know thing to also happen and i i know that in bigger cities you've seen the change at all there are a lot more men that work, work at home and women you know women that go to work so a lot of change in character of relationships is happening gender roles are kind of getting redefined but how do you do that how do you define the power struggle in joint families because i know both of you are going to ma- get married in joint families right 
so what I feel is that you know um, when you come from a very different mindset, like like I have I've been brought brought up in a very very uh, chilled out atmosphere you know i've never faced any restrictions i've never been dragged by my mom that you know please go up and uh, wake up and just go to the kitchen and cook breakfast or anything but as a bahu you are always expected that you're going to do certain things so how that breaks for me is like see i initially i used to feel that my mother-in-law i don't want her to feel that i'm here to snatch your son you know that is the mentality that moms have that the bahu is going to take away their uh, place in uh, the, his son's life you know so I just what what I did was personally I, I was very friendly with my mother-in-law uh, and I, I used to upfrontly we used to discuss about uh, my fiance both of us that we used to have a discussion that you know this is happening this is happening she used to keep me posted about his things i used to keep her posted about his things if there's anything in the house that he is a very angry person for a fact so whatever happens at his place his mom used his mom started believing me that you know i am not here to break her house or something but i am there to take care of her son and not just to take care of her son but to i'm someone who is actually equivalent to her son and she started respecting me she started understanding that i am i am someone who is actually not just here to man up for your child's responsibility but also to to be a part of this family i willingly want to be a part of this family so that's the kind of rapport that i started building with her and she started she started believing in me i started believing in her and i think this is how you try to break the ice because when a mother in law and a daughter in law bond you uh, my mother-in-law is literally like my mom because uh, she will tell me things she'll tell me things she would never probably tell jainish she would tell me things i would tell her things i would uh, consult her for every little thing i do or she would come up to me so that's a kind of rapport and the power system here breaks it breaks when you try to put a uh, you try to piece out the, you know, the kind of wars that you have mentally because my mother-in-law probably would be thinking that you do whatever that, you know, the mentality that we have, which is the mom's boy concept. So I don't strictly feel that all moms are like that. You have to gel up with people in order to make them accept you. Like for me personally, I was not someone uh, i was honestly not uh, my mother-in-law's choice <laughs> she wanted jainish to get married to someone from their caste and i was not from their caste and they thought that pata nahi kahan se hogi, kaisi hogi. they all had that perception and i remember slowly and gradually they came up to me and told me that you know we actually thought that you are from some different uh, family so tum to mere bacche ko dur kar logi, ya fir ghar types but this is there this is the mentality which is there and now they are like a they are very, very proud to choose me for their son, which is what the level I have developed with them even before marriage. And I think this is what I'll tell every girl that your mother-in-law cannot be your enemy or it's not vice versa. You can't be an enemy to your mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law is not an enemy. You don't live in the world of komolikas and, you know, prayernas. That world is long gone back. You just have to believe in and trust your mother-in-law for that matter. And if you if you deal with a patriarchal mindset, my my in-laws do have a patriarchal mindset. They do have. 
my uh, dadi sas believes that you know job karna is so bad for a bahu this that so jainesh openly tells me that you know uh, he he would literally mock his uh, dadi sas saying that main to sochta hu ki main ghar pe baithu and ye kaam pe jaye i will handle the household things and ye jayegi kaam pe he, he he says that so loudly and he always tells me that i would be the happiest ki tu kaam pe ja you take up the responsibility and i'll stay home and i'll cook food for you and fir jab tu aayegi tab i'll give you food so that is the kind of uh, mentality that we have right and my mom uh, i tell my mother in law that post shaadi uh, we both will work but now we can have turns ek din jainish will cook ek din i will cook ek din she can cook in between and she always tells me ki tu apna kaam kar kitchen sambhalne ke liye main hu i just want you guys to wake up in the morning and just get ready so that you don't get late for work that is the only concern she has that is the only concern so my mother in law doesn't have a patriarchal mindset my father in law also doesn't but their in laws do have so Which i have to deal with that okay well um i you know what i'm just going to i'm just leaving this one alone <laughs> just think? just leaving it alone i've heard of things but yes happens <laughs> 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 yep not just There you go. Um okay, well, uh do we have any closing thought? Would you like to would you like to wrap up that last segment or are we just going to sure. let that stand on I its mean, own? I mean, I completely agree with most of that and I did give a very long list of things that need to change for the Indian joint families definitely because you know, in nuclear families, you do what is what what you have time for because you know, both, both parties are working and gender roles are are definitely more more blurred. but in indian joint families gender roles are not blurred the girl who gets married into the new family is supposed to take over a lot of roles in the new family and somehow you know we feel now with with more educated women with women working those roles are unfair you know she's not mm. she, you you married you married a girl into your family you haven't you haven't gone home a new housekeeper so all these right. things are are things that the indian family of the of the groom expects of of the of the boy expects but they don't for, for some reason the family of the bride is on a lower level than the family of the groom they're not equal and all this all this needs to change immediately these are not things that we need to be talking about in this century this age this year and these are changes that we need to look into immediately because this is not only unfair but this also is completely uh, illogical <laughs> yes well i would i would say there is a logic to it i don't know if one would agree with that logic but there's definitely a logic to it right it's it's the sort of logic you could say no that that's that's archaic that's and patriarchal and exactly and so on and so on all your but mindset it's all yeah mindset. it's it's not a It's not a random thing. Let's put it that way. Totally. So, would you like to say bye now? I think it's time for us to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm Scott. I'm Iral. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye then.